0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. It's time. time time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt.
1: Five Victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys Insider for 1053 The Fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of the Cowboys. Joined as always by former Super Bowl-winning NFL scout Brian Broadis. he is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation. Monday through Friday, 2 to 7 p.m. Central on 1053 The Fan in Dallas. You can catch that on the Odyssey app. Uh, Brian, we, we have a little bit of a controversy here in Dallas or, or, or the owner general manager w- would like us to have a little bit of a controversy. Uh, first off, let me ask, how you doing? H- how are things? Doing great. In your yeah, world?
0: doing great. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, you never know when Jerry Jones is going to show up outside the media room and drop a little news <laughs> to you. How about that?
1: Yeah, he did. In fact, let's just, we're going to jump right in. This is a long cut. It's about two minutes. We're going to jump right into listening to what Jerry had to say uh, on Thursday to reporters, sort of an impromptu discussion about the quarterback situation and then we'll react to it
2: well of course we won't uh, uh, back uh, uh, to be here next week that's the that's the thing you do uh, but uh, Dak and I won't uh, rush to lead a team to a victory here and get another win and get another win, and that's the only way to look at it. Looking back when Dak was playing instead of Tony, it was game by game. It wasn't the long look we had after two months to look back. It was actually play by play, almost series by series. So, So do I think that it's possible for Rush to come in here and play at a level to win games the way Prescott did uh, when he took over for Wilmo? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I certainly think that's possible. But is it possible that Cooper could play well enough that when Dak's ready to go, Dak won't go because Cooper's played so well? Well, it was impossible ostensibly that Rush could, I mean that uh, Prescott could play that well and keep uh, Romo out of the championship game wouldn't it be something if the same thing happened and you, uh, this is the way I think and uh, Tony was ready to go and ready to get in the game and there you had Prescott ready to go which one's going against Green Bay okay, wouldn't it be something if you had a dilemma as to uh, which way you go you do that if he gets 10 wins. The same thing that happened with Prescott. I think like that.
0: So you'd want that? You'd want that controversy? Of course
2: I would. Okay. Of course that means we'd won. If he comes in here and played as well as Prescott played, Rush, played that well over these next games ahead, I'd walk New York to get there. <laughs> do you think he can do that? Uh, well, I don't know that, but uh, uh, I've... I would. uh, You can't find on record where I said I thought Dak Prescott could do it when he had the when he stepped in and had the chance to do that, but he didn't.
1: And then really quickly, Sean and RJ, our buddies, our teammates over 105 through the fan, they got Mike McCarthy's reaction. Here's what
2: he said. Well, I, I think the first part, um, you know, he was talking about winning and, and obviously it's all about winning this time of year. And we want obviously we want Cooper to be a big part of that. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the second part is really something that you guys have, you um, probably are having some fun with. So enjoy yourself, drink your black coffee and go for it. But, uh, no vodka water yeah, for it, this. Yeah. Yeah. We have a little early guys. Now I am really concerned, but um, no, I, I think, you know, clearly everybody in our locker room and, and everybody in the building, Jerry included, you know, Dak is our quarterback and, um, you know, we want, we want Cooper to be as successful as possible. So I, I think it stops right there.
1: Does it stop right there? Brian brought us? Is Mike McCarthy, right? Like, yeah, don't, Zeke Elliott says, nah, it's all, it's all, you know, just where it's marketing at the end of the day. You think that's all this is?
0: You know, I don't know if it's just marketing. I, I think there are things, and I worked with Jerry Jones for 14 years, six as a scout, and there are things that he honestly believes. There's things that he, you know, that he's looking at and he's thinking, what if Cooper Rush turns out to be Uh, a guy that can come in here and win NFL games. And he just needed an opportunity uh, to do that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really do think it's unfortunate though, that the comments like that come out. Now, if you're in a staff meeting with Jerry and, you know, he makes a comment and says, man, what if Cooper Rush can, what if we, what if we really developed a guy here? What if we really got somebody that we can rely on? If he says that to the staff and, Will McClay, the scouts, the coaches in a meeting, that's one thing, you know, where they can kind of talk him through. But, you know, he's made a significant investment in Dak Prescott. Now, I'll say this you know, if Dak Prescott has to play better, if week one is, you know, if that's, that might be just the outlier game for Dak right now. But I think as much criticism as I've given Mike McCarthy, I honestly respect him for what the answer he gave to Sean and RJ. Yeah, I really do. And you know, Jerry is Jerry is a little uh, a PT Barnum, you know, Barnum Bailey Circus. <laughs> he is that, and, and he loves for you to talk about his team. He loves to tell you about injuries uh, at right after the game. You know, he he really relishes the opportunity to talk to the media. Bobby, you guys are out there. He had to make it a point where he was doing that interview, was right by the media uh, media offices, if you want to say. You know, him, Emmett Smith, those guys, you know, filming a thing in the PR library, which is right next door. And then all of a sudden, there's Jerry, you know, popped up, you know, seeking out basically the media and, you know, the media seeking him out. And You're always going to get a quote or two from Jerry. But, man, this is one of those ones that he can talk about being excited about know, Cooper Rush and what he could do and maybe the, the possibilities. And, you know, Cooper Rush in two games has got you two victories. So, yeah, you could be excited about that. But, man, you know, everything that Dak Prescott has done for you, uh, you know, trying to get back from being hurt. I mean, he's out there, you know, padded up in practice yesterday, you know, trying to get ready to to play a game sooner than later. I mean, he's, he's trying to cash a check that you've written for him. And, I mean, cash a check in... Hey, oh, we could maybe have Dak back for Washington. Or, you know, I yeah. mean, just cra- crazy things like that. It's Jerry's team. I get it. I respect Jerry. I mean, he's been great to me over the years. But, man, this is something that didn't need to get out. And and I think that Mike McCarthy did a nice job of of saying, hey, Dak Prescott's our quarterback until uh, until further notice.
1: Yeah, I, I like the way that McCarthy said, and most of the players, I know you guys got to interview Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Ezekiel Elliott talking about it. They all seem to kind of shoulder shrug. Um, and I know we talked about this a little bit the other day about the the chances of Cooper Rush taking over, just kind of like the hypothetical of, like, what, what odds would we give that? Um, and, man, I... I I, I just view it as two completely different scenarios. Romo was at a different stage of his career than Dak is. They were trying is, to move on from
0: Romo. Yeah. They were looking for a reason. The, the injuries were mounting at an alarming rate, and they were looking to move on. He was at the end of his career.
1: Yeah, and and not just that. I think that while Cooper Rush has done an admirable job filling in, Rush hasn't even played up to the level that I think Dak did during that stretch with Romo. So Dak played better than. I mean, you got to remember – it was the Cleveland or the Pittsburgh game, one of them, where after that game, they kind of made their decision of, we're, we're moving ahead with Dak. And uh, through that time, when you, you know, after the first game of the year where they lost to the Giants, they go on this winning streak. And during the course of that time to where they made the decision, Dak was like 8-1, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions, something like that, a, like a 107 passer rating. I mean, he had been playing absolutely incredible. And while Cooper Rush has been good, good enough, and that's all you really need out of your backup quarterback is just to be good enough. Uh, I don't think he's been good enough to take the job from your $40 million quarterback, and I, I don't see that within his capacity.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I You know, okay, Cooper Rush, go play against the Rams, and, you know, it beat them. Go beat Matt Stafford. Go right. toe-to-toe with Matt. You know, if you remember uh, Dak's first year, Toe to toe, he goes toe to toe with uh, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. They get a nice win there. Uh, goes toe to toe with Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. Gets a win there. Yeah, you know, yeah, Cincinnati. I mean, you went toe to toe with Joe Burrow. That's a good start. That's a good start. But you know, he, Cooper Rush is going to have an opportunity to win these next two games if you look at who they're playing. He has a he has a great shot of beating the Giants on Monday night. And he has a great shot I think of beating the Commanders the following week. Now let's see if you know what happens with the Rams. You know, it, it, you build enough of these things, then Jerry Jones will have his controversy. Especially if Dak Prescott comes back and doesn't play well, say against Philadelphia or somebody like that. Now you're going to have your controversy, and now you could potentially have a divided locker room. But the one thing that Dak Prescott did in 2016 is he won that locker room over. He did. It was unanimous. He changed the attitude of Jason Witten. He changed the attitude of Des Bryant. Those two veterans who are very good friends with Tony Romo believed that Dak Prescott could take them to that Super Bowl that they were looking for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's... We we referenced this a little bit the other day. There's a little bit of, uh, I, I think, a misnomer as to, man, it was this really divided, tough decision. I don't think when they made that decision for Dak, there wasn't a lot of difficulty in it. On, on, other than just it's the difficulty of having to tell somebody you like and has been around for a long time he's not the guy anymore. But in terms of what was best for the football team, they were players, coaches, everybody. they were pretty yeah. unanimous by the time that decision was made.
0: They were looking to move on from Tony Romo. They, that, Dak Prescott provided them an opportunity to move on from him, from the injuries and from the other things that were starting to happen uh, You know, to Tony. They were thinking, okay, what's the transition going to be? They didn't have a transition going into 2016. But all of a sudden, you know, Kellen Moore gets his foot stepped on in a practice. Yep. And Dak Prescott looks good against the Rams. Uh, in the Coliseum and you start to kind of put some things together and you get some wins and that was their out. Right there, Jason Garrett, uh, Stephen Jones, Will McClay, Jerry Jones, they made the determination that Tony Romo was no longer needed for the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Now, I I think both of us are in agreement. You've kind of said it there. You you don't think it's likely that Rush plays well enough to take a job from from Dak Prescott but I guess the next question is let's say he wins this game against the Giants he wins one against the Commanders Dak is back for the Rams so you've got four and oh Cooper Rush in his career who's at least to this point made two game-winning drives down the field is there any off-season trade value you think you or, or would you rather just hold on to him as a reliable backup or would you say hey let me find some quarterback desperate team that may be willing to give me some high capital for him
0: Look what the uh, 49ers – the 49ers spent the whole offseason trying to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, and now look where they are. You know, the 49ers season in week two was saved by Jimmy Garoppolo. Sometimes the best trades you make are ones you don't make, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, sometimes you push and push and push and can't find anybody to take a player, and then all of a sudden, you know – I mean, maybe the maybe the Cowboys should have held strong about more for Amari Cooper. Or yes. maybe they should have figured out ways to... And I'm not just saying this about what Amari Cooper did against the, the, the Steelers on Thursday night. But if you look overall... Now, we'll see if they're right or wrong because likely you're going to get uh, Michael Gallup back this week. And so with Lamb, Gallup, Brown, you know, you got a you pretty good receiving crew there. So... Uh, But yeah, to answer your question, if you find a stable, capable, winning backup quarterback, no reason to put him on the street.
1: You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Selling a little or a lot.
1: All right, I'll be in New York for the game on Monday night, but I'm really glad that I'll be back in the DFW area by Tuesday because of the awesome wing deals at Boomer Jacks. Boomer Jacks is the place for wings. Tuesday and Wednesday, wing deals just got even better Love of the star listeners on Tuesdays bone and wings are half price. And on Wednesdays boneless wings are half price. I know a producer Peyton Russell. He's a big boneless wings guy. So he'll be on there on Wednesday. I will be going there on Tuesday, but really I'll be at Boomer Jack's a lot, period. Just because it's the spot. It's the place to hang out with half price wings on Tuesday and Wednesday. You have a perfect excuse for a midweek wing break. And don't forget to add an ice cold beer, really cheap drinks, cheap food, but it's just cheap in price, not in quality. It's great stuff wall-to-wall TV's live music. It is one of my favorite spots in DFW. And with 17 DFW locations, there's one near you. So you can find yours at boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite part of the show. Uh, And it seems like I'm saying this a little bit earlier than normal, and that's because I am. Uh, We're doing a a mailbag-heavy episode for you guys today. Uh, We planned on it being the whole show, and then Jerry had to go talking about, you know, quarterback controversies that don't exist and so we had to at least devote a little bit of time to that uh, but we're going to jump right into a, a really heavy dose of your questions and so Brian I'm just looking at my Twitter replies we got a lot of questions here and I'll just start firing them off uh, first question here from John uh, if the Cowboys are in contention at the trade deadline do you see them making any significant moves to help the roster or basically move forward as is
0: coaches have a very difficult time of adjusting a roster when they feel like that they're going the right direction. You could ask coaches. I know Will McClay will ask this question to, uh, to, to Mike McCarthy. He'll ask it to Dan Quinn. He'll ask it to Kellen Moore. Is there anything I could do right now to help you with your roster? And usually coaches will say, no, I feel pretty good about what we're doing. feel pretty good about the depth we have at certain positions So it usually will come down to the personal guys asking the coaches. Then it becomes the coach's call. So if the Cowboys are in it and they make a significant move, it will be because one of those coaches said, we're not very good at wide receiver. We're not very good at offensive line. We're not very good at linebacker. And then that's where you go make uh, or you go uh, hunt a potential move.
1: I think uh, what, the position we're all looking at, I think is it would be receiver, right? Like receiver is the position where we say, hey, they, they might be willing to make a move there. They've got a history of doing it. Is that the obvious answer to you? Or are there any other spots you look at on the roster and go, man, maybe they could strengthen this here. If they do make a deal, th- this might be an area they look or is it just it's all about receiver?
0: Well, you need to see what's happening with the offensive line. And, you know, you've done a great job of. Being out of practice, Bobby, and tweeting about uh, what Jason Peters and how that's all looking right now, whether he's going to play right tackle, left guard, uh, I think that's the big question you have to to answer, uh, ask yourself or, or get answered first. Uh, receiver, yeah, that seems like the one, to me, the one area. But I, I am interested to see, now with the uh, the emergence of Noah Brown, yeah, uh, you know, he looked very well. We've documented that on a lot of our podcasts here about how well he looked in training camp. Yeah. So I'm 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 inter- I'm interested to see if, if this is the wake up call too for Jalen Tolbert. You know, I really, really am am fascinated now if he can get active and he's part of the mix. He's learning, maybe has a little success, and those are the things that kind of jumpstart him. So I think they've got some depth at the positions. Uh, but I, I think that everybody feels like the wide receiver group, but man, I'm one of those guys. It's I'm kind of taking a, 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 if we were in the stock market right now, I, I'm holding, I'm not selling, I'm not buying. I'm just going to hold and see, uh, what we have right now.
1: Well, 2004, you were with the Cowboys. What, what, what was your role with the Cowboys in Oh four?
0: Well, I was in pro personnel. So though. you
1: were in pro personnel. So you're the perfect person to ask about this. When we talk about, you go to the coaches and you figure out what kind of, when you guys made the trade for Quincy Morgan, you guys traded yeah. Antonio Bryant for Quincy Morgan. How, what kind of, what were those type of discussions like? Like, how did you come to that? Was that more about getting Antonio Bryant out? Was there something yeah. you liked about yeah, Quincy was, yeah. Morgan?
0: Yeah, it was really more about, it was more about moving on from him. Uh, you know, Bill had had enough. The whole, you know, we we dealt with a lot of things with, uh, with, uh, AB and, you know, it was, it, you know, he, he was a very talented player, but yeah, it was more of about just moving on from a player that that's when his head coach stepped in and said, we've got to do something. I can't coach this kid anymore.
1: I, and I, you know, this is just for my own fascination, uh, getting the chance to ask you, was Quincy Morgan, the only deal that was out there for you guys, or did you look at other avenues? Were you talking to other teams and looking at other receivers?
0: I think it was more about what the coaches were, thinking about there. I think it was more about familiarity and, you know, the guys they knew, um, you know, Quincy was a guy that had had an, you know, had had an okay career and stuff like that, you know, was thought he was a stable guy. Uh, that That's really what that was all about. It wasn't more about, hey, we just got a better player. I personally don't think we got a better player. Yeah. I don't. I think we just, we moved on from a guy that was giving the head coach trouble and when the head coach was complaining, then that got everybody's attention.
1: Next question here from Daniel Henshaw: Has the front office, been, and, and I need to contextualize this, this was before Thursday night football, has the, F of the front office been proven right with the slow start that Collins and Cooper have gotten off to? Yeah. I, I don't think they've been proven right about the Cooper thing right now. No. Uh, again, I kind of wonder if like you, what you guys ran into with Antonio Bryant, different type of player, different type of, of consternation, but I think it sounds like the Cowboys got to the same spot you guys got with Antonio Bryant with Amari Cooper. Um, But the Lyle Collins thing. Yeah. I think early on they, they've been shown that, you know, they may have been ahead of his decline.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, when you look at, and you know, everybody, you know, loves, you know, the, the, you know, Lyle Collins. Mm -hmm. I mean, Lyle Collins is a, a wonderful human being to be around. And I mean that in a way, you know, every time I've ever had experience with him, you know he's been super super nice, and yeah. you know maybe it's maybe it's our LSU background with each other and that kind of thing. You know, and
1: I didn't go and, to LSU. He was very nice to me. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, well he was yeah he was super super nice to me, and and you know I really appreciated that. And, and you know players treat people different ways, and that's that's the unfortunate thing. But I think the thing with Lyle Collins is they figured out a couple of things. Number one, he's broken down. He really really is, and. By being broken down now, you know, he can't work out like he once did. He got in really good shape last year, but there were still things bothering him with the hip. People were asking me, why don't you just move him, you know, since Steele is playing well, why don't you move Collins to, to guard and all that? They'll tell you over there he couldn't bend because of the hip. We're starting to see that a lot more now with Lyle Collins. He didn't have any training camp. He's dealing with back tightness again. There's a lot of things going on. Even him getting in shape wasn't good enough. So the Cowboys, in my opinion, now they made it a little personal. Don't get me wrong there. But they were ahead of the curve on him breaking down and uh, moving on from that. The Amari Cooper one, I think, Bobby, that was really personal. That was personal. That was about, you know, in my opinion, my opinion only about vaccinations, about availability when it came to practicing. Uh, the, you know, if he doesn't practice, you put him in the game. Yes, he plays, but you have the confidence to call the play uh, when it's Dak Prescott throwing to Amari Cooper and he hasn't practiced the play. Yeah. You know, Amari uh, Cooper is a pro. There's no question about that. But where coaches, again, they look at it and say, hey, you know, he doesn't practice. I can't have any confidence in putting him out there if he doesn't practice the play as I'm calling. They made it personal, though. The vaccination status, the missing of the Kansas City and uh, Raiders game was personal. And I think that, you know, and they look at it also, too. They talk about the money, that they didn't think he was worth it. They didn't think that he would, you know, that he was able to to stay on the field, like I said, in practice. And they, they made it very, very personal. They used the money as, a, as their shield, but I think this is more about, what they thought about the player.
1: I, I, yeah, and I think it was a collection of things. Like, I think it was this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing, and it all comes together for we're frustrated. Um, and, and look, I mean, there have been people uh, who used to be in that building, who are currently in that building, who will tell you that they think that Amari Cooper's a little passive aggressive and, and that, that he's a, a little tough to deal with in that sense. I, I think that that's more about because there's other people that you talk to that go, He's not passive-aggressive. He's just a different guy. and people. Oh, don't no, know he's how to, different. Yeah, and it's like yeah. people don't know how to interpret that, and so yeah. it's just he's tough to read, but he's not. So, I mean, you'll get Amari Cooper defenders, and you'll get uh, guys who are who are really frustrated with Amari Cooper. Um, yeah,
0: Amari, yeah, Amari Cooper, Bobby, real quick. We yeah. interviewed Amari on 105.3 The Fan. He was our player guest every Thursday. And if you didn't come with the right type of question, you know, he would challenge you. Yeah, And, you know, sometimes these players, if you ask them a question, they answer the question, they move on. Amari Cooper was a very deep thinker about things. When you asked him a question, he would be that, oh, no, that's not right at all. You know, you need to think about it this way. And so yeah. I it, it's a challenge to get to know somebody like Amari Cooper. But I felt like that the year that we got to visit with him, that there were times where, you know, it, it, like I say, it was tough. But there were other times where you got a lot of really, really good information from
1: him. He's a and and I really I I'm an Amari Cooper fan, not just as a player, but as a, a like a person. I liked dealing with him in the locker room. I thought he was very insightful. I thought he he gave us a lot of great information. In fact, at times probably too much information. I remember Brian, you know how KG teams get about injury details. They don't want to let you know specifics of of what's bothering a guy or what's going on. When he was dealing with a quad bruise, that's the way teams like to call it. Ah, he's dealing with a quad thing, or oh, he's got a quad contusion. That's it. We go to his locker. We just say hey, so you're dealing with this quad bruise? He's like, yeah, technically. So the way that the trainers explained it to me was you have the four quad muscles there. And then he's like, and then there's a muscle that runs underneath. So I've bruised the muscle that's running underneath. And I mean, giving us all these deep details that I'm sure the training staff hated finding out that Amari was divulging that much to us. But he was he was a straight shooter. He didn't censor very himself. Very straight, very straight. He never censored himself. And that's uh, that's one of the things I like. And it's uh, yeah, it's a little frustrating watching him play as well as he does while the uh, receiving core is still trying to figure it out over here. Um, just your opinion right now. We, we still think Amari Cooper is a better receiver than CeeDee Lamb? I do.
0: Yeah, I think that there's things. I, I, I'm i not trying to ride the fence on there. When you start to talk about route running and finish and all that, Amari Cooper is better, yes. Now, the thing with CeeDee Lamb, and I, I believe this with all my heart, we saw CeeDee Lamb the other day catch a ball that was thrown in front of him. And and what he what he's capable of doing, you know, if you put the ball on target and not every pass could be on target, you know, but you'd like to believe that scouts always told this. I've said it before. I'm sure people are sick of me. You see it one time. You could probably see it again. Yep. Put the put the ball where this kid can catch it, put it out front, put it up in his eyes, you know, you know. give him an opportunity to catch it and run. He's very capable. I think that I think that Amari Cooper has a bigger catch radius. But when you talk about run after catch, I think CeeDee Lamb is is really, really good as it compared to Amari Cooper.
1: Next question here uh, from Brandon Laurie. Is this the game we finally see Kevontae Turpin be used in the offense? Seems like he could give the team uh, the juice they are looking for right now. I uh, Without looking at the snap counts, I believe we did see him out there more on offense this last game um, than the first game. But you know, I think he's always going to be uh lucky whitehead essentially yeah. for them that, that he'll yeah. be, he'll be return man. And then he'll get some, you know, gadget packages eight to 10 times a game.
0: Yeah. You know, the, one of the, in, in the in week one against Tampa, they ran an option with him as the trail back, you know, and, you know, Dak took it and ran up inside for, you know, eight yards or something like that, got a first down. I think they're going to see things like that for him. I, you know, it's, how much can you use him? I think you can maybe use him on some third down stuff if you want to. But me personally, if he's going to take snaps away from a guy like Pollard, I, I'm not interested in doing that. Sure. I think Pollard is. I think Pollard catches the ball better. I think Pollard. You know, when you talk about run after catch, they're both probably pretty similar with their elusiveness and their the wiggle and all those things you you like to talk about. But I, I just think there's more things you can do with Pollard than you can with Turpin but as long as Turpin keeps bringing the ball back the way he did two big returns in that game the other night or uh, last week excuse me uh that that really helped the team get in position to get points that's what he needs to do for this team first and foremost
1: question from Steve uh who are the o-line starters going forward uh interesting question since Jason Peters was out at right tackle and left guard on uh on on Thursday um I think they're trying to go through. I don't think they've committed to anything right now. I think they're trying to figure out, all right, when McGovern's healthy, when Peters is ramped up, what's our best combination? What are we going to go with? Right now, my inclination is if everybody's healthy, not including Tyron Smith, but, you know, in a couple of weeks when McGovern's healthy, Peters is ready, I I think Smith at left tackle, Peters at right, McGovern at left guard, Zach Martin and Tyler Biotis. I think that's the combo.
0: I'll tell you what, I think every every week it gets a little bit more murky for me. And I'll say it in this way, because if you're winning game with the current configuration that you have, these coaches aren't going to want to change much. We'll see. Every win means that Jason Peters doesn't have to play. Sure. And let's be honest, uh, you know, I've been very critical of of Steele at right tackle. He was much better in that game against Cincinnati last week. Yeah. I don't think coaches are going to switch this thing up. I think as, as, long as, as long as nothing looks broken, they will continue to play with the current offensive line they have. Now, we'll see what happens when McGovern gets back. Like you've said, Peters, I think that they're really – I don't think they want to replace Steele. I really don't. Now, I think Peters is working like he's a swing tackle. I think that's what they're kind of working him as. I don't think they want to replace Steele. I really don't. Now, if Steele has another couple of games like he did against Tampa, well then, yeah, there's your replacement. But after last week, they probably feel like, okay, he's back on track, here we go. So I think this offensive line will stay the same. I'd love to see him do something at the left guard spot. You know, I'd like to see him personally put Peters at left tackle and play Smith at left guard. But they won't do do that. But I, I just have a feeling that as long as they as long as things aren't broke, they're going to continue to ride with this crew until they have to.
1: If if Steele is if Peters is ramped up and McGovern is still dealing with the high ankle, do you think Peters starts at left guard until McGovern is ready, or do you think they just roll with Farniak?
0: I just think right now they you know it depends on how bad Farniak is. You know, I think it depends on how bad he is. And if they know now, do you play with that? All being said, again, you know, if you if you think McGovern is going to be back in two weeks, do you really put Jason Peters in there at left guard?
1: Sure, yeah. You know,
0: I mean, to, you bother, you put yeah. him in there. Do you put him in there to replace him with McGovern? Yeah. And I I don't know if they would do that. I I think they are training. I think they're training Jason Peters right now to be that stopgap player when something bad happens. If somebody, if they get in one of these games, the Giants uh, get after them up front and there's a lot of problems, you're going to see Jason Peters in sooner than later. If they get through this game, the Commander's game, and all of a sudden everything seems to be they're finding ways to win and there's no big issues, I think Jason Peters continues to be, work at guard, work at tackle, we'll call you if we need you.
1: You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, this is an extended mailbag segment, so I'm not used to just rolling right through a full half hour of mailbag questions. I need a break. I need a wing break. I need to go to Boomer Jacks. Boomer Jacks is the place for wings. Tuesday and Wednesday wing deals just got even better at Boomer Jack's. On Tuesday, it's bone in wings that are half price, and on Wednesdays, boneless wings are half price. So, with half price wings on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, you have the perfect excuse for a midweek wing break. Don't forget to add an ice cold beer to that. Their beer is always freezing, it's perfect. It really hits the spot. As uh, even though we've rolled into fall, you know, DFW, it's still 90, 100 degrees. And so, that ice cold beer is a, a nice little change up there. 17 DFW locations, so there's one near you. You can find your location. At boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian. Continuing our uh, extended mailbag today. Question from Raul: Do you guys believe Dallas dropped the ball with John Ridgeway? Shouldn't they have released Houston over the weekend and kept Ridgeway?
0: Yeah, that's the question you have to ask yourself now. That it's it is uh, it was very clear that Ridgeway was the fifty third player and Houston was just ahead of him. Um, it's. We've talked about this, Bobby, in team building. Offensive and defensive linemen are hard to part with in this day and age because people don't have them on, you know, when you're, you're, you're a competition, there's a lot of teams that don't have offense and defensive linemen. Every time that you put one of those guys out on the street, there is a really, really good possibility that they're going to get claimed. And the Cowboys saw that firsthand. The commanders and the Eagles both put in a claim for Ridgeway, and you had done a lot of work on Ridgeway. Now I'm I'm going to be honest too. Ridgeway wasn't very good. I didn't think during training
1: camp. No, this was, this was about the college evaluation for a lot of teams.
0: This was this was all about college evaluation, and I guarantee you the commanders had him probably about where the Cowboys had him, and I guarantee you the the Eagles probably had him about where the Cowboys had him. So if you give an opportunity, the smart, savvy teams will do this. They'll play the waiver wire. If you feel like that your your guy is not good and you can go claim another guy that's better than your guy, man, that's doing your job right there. That's playing the waiver wire the right way. Sure. So, yeah, if Houston, in fact, Houston went from the darling of, you know, training camp, getting all these reps. I, Me personally, I never saw it. I don't – I'm I, – I will – I, I shake my head, you know, when he made the team, I shake my head, you know, he's on the practice squad now. But what the, just, the league just told you is there there, are there, Dennis Houstons out there. There's not John Ridgeway's out there. That's yeah, what the league just
1: told you. That's a good point. You. That's a really good point. Uh, next question here from No Sanchez. Who's the best defensive player on the Cowboys not named Micah Parsons?
0: Well, okay, if you look at, the way that the film shows. I mean, I, I I'm a it's big Diggs. tank lord. I've got Diggs. Diggs, tank lords. I mean, Diggs makes a make Diggs makes you know, Diggs showed up the other day. I mean, those back. Yeah, without turnovers. Tackles, yeah. Hey, as critical as I was of him against Tampa, you have to give him praise. That that, that just that's the one thing. Again, there goes that. Hey, if you've seen it once, you'll see it again. I hope Diggs doesn't forget what he did in that Cincinnati game and the way he played. I, I hope he doesn't forget that. Yeah. Hey, I could be a force player. I could bring a guy down in the open field. I could make a good tackle when I have to. I, I love what you're saying about Diggs. I was Tank Lawrence sideline to sideline some of the run plays and stuff that he was able to make. You look at what Vanderesh has done right now. I'm just naming off guys sure. that that are just you know. Look what Dorrance Armstrong did. You know, are you saying he's the best defensive player? I, I think that to your point, me personally, I think curse helps you so much. But look what Wilson did. Yeah, you know, that—that's the great thing about Anthony ask, Brown played great yeah, in the second half. Exactly. You you can you know, and all actually, you're right. It's it's probably Diggs, but the fact that I can name four or five other guys. That stepped up and 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 helped you win that game the other day. I think I think that's a, I think that's a good sign for this Cowboys defense. Uh,
1: next question here from Connery nineteen seventy eight. Should the team use primarily the same game plan when Dak returns, i.e., run heavy? You know, uh, twelve personnel. I think so, but I won't be surprised to see Dak in the shotgun using eleven personnel far too much. Uh, what do you think, there, uh, Brian? You think that that. The the formula used on Sunday should be used for Dak when he gets back in the off. In the well, yeah, lineup.
0: try try and run the ball. I, I felt like you know you had traction of running the ball against Tampa. Why didn't you keep running it in in that game? Why didn't you you know you know that it, it, Dak is super capable of winning games, but we all every quarterback needs something to help him along. Now yeah, there's elite ones. They're the Mahomes and Rodgers and stuff. I mean, you know, Rogers, they're what, one and one now with, yeah. with you know, with we've seen him with the receivers, without the receivers. It just goes to show you, though, the, the quarterbacks, even though they're elite, they still need help. So, yeah, is it about 12 personnel? Yeah, you could get 11 personnel and run the ball. You could spread people out and run the ball. You know, that's, it doesn't have to be just 12 personnel and, Block everything up front. Sure, they probably they're playing twelve personnel because their offensive line is a little bit banged up right now. You know, if you look, they got a center playing left guard. They've got a, a guard playing left tackle. I mean, they've got you know, all kinds of things going on. You know, the only only constant you have is the right guard. That's it. So, yeah, it, 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 getting in twelve personnel help you run the ball. Sure, it helps you run the ball when the tight ends can actually block. Dalton Schultz, great job on that. 47-yard run or pass, whatever it was, uh, with Pollard. It's a run. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you seal the edge. You get two linemen out front. That's a big damn play right there. So that's the kind of stuff that could also help Dak Prescott. You know, it doesn't have to be just a different game. That, those are the kinds of things that can help. I think you have to have a mix of 11 personnel, 12 personnel, whatever you have to do to help your quarterback, by all means, do it.
1: Question here from George Murphy, and uh, Brian, this will be something a little bit more for you, I think. Uh, What is the player comp for Damone Clark, and what can he add to this defense?
0: Wow, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm terribly easy with these player comps, but think about...
1: While you think about that, I will add, I know I said I'd talk about some Damone Clark stuff on on Friday. Uh, I'll just say that part of the things that I know the Cowboys are really excited about with Damone Clark is I think they feel like as good as as, well, the size, but also the leadership traits and everything else. He wore 18 at LSU. That's a big deal over there. Yeah. Um, But I think they feel like he can be as Micah Parsons is a, a really dynamic player. I think they feel like Damone Clark can be a really positive influence on helping him learn to be a pro. And yeah, so yeah. I, I think that that's a big factor here as well.
0: Yeah, and you know, but we talked about that with Ridgeway too—that he was helping with leadership. Sure, and see what see where that. No, goes. no, exactly. You uh, you do have to have more than that, but
1: I think that yeah. is a big plus for them too. They like that aspect.
0: Uh, no, and I, I'll tell you what: you, you, when you're talking about a guy that's six two and a half, two hundred fifty pounds, that's physical, that can run. You know, I mean, that's it's it's very similar. I don't think he has the rush traits of what say an Anthony Barr has, but I think what he has is he has that ability to go make plays. The the tackles for loss, the physicality at the point, you could cover with this guy. You know, that's the one thing. I, I think Bobby, you put it out. Maybe you tweeted about your talk about it on the G Bag Nation the other day, that 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 uh Armstrong and Tank have dropped into coverage more. Than what Micah Parsons has done yeah, this combined. year, combined the two of them combined, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's combined. So see, that's that's where you're at right now. Is to me, I feel like you kind of have the opposite of what uh, what Parsons is with 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 Clark. Clark, I've seen him. I've seen him attack the pocket. He can be very physical. I don't think he has those those kind of pass rush traits. Sure, but but I would say when you talk about size, current players on the Cowboys. He's similar to Micah with size. He's similar to Bar with size. You know that kind of that that how they look how they look. I think those are the you know you, you get you're getting a, a very you're, they 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 got this guy because he fits what they're currently playing with right now.
1: I know there's a, a lot of questions about what's going on with Jabril Cox and everything, and I know we discussed that in the last I think episode. Still but hurt. which which player did you like more coming out, uh, Damone Clark or Jabril Jabril Cox? Clark, Clark. Okay, good deal. Yeah. All right, so there and you go. Saw, for for, and I, and I for saw, those of you that want to see Clark, he or, and for those of you that want to see never, Cox,
0: I never had. Yeah, I never had. When coming out of college, I never had Cox in the in the second round. And then what happened was, and I didn't. I left Clark in the second. I thought he was one of the better linebackers in the draft. I did. And then all of a sudden, we got the word out of the combine that he had the back problem. And I'm thinking, well, people are going to drop him. People Something are the, Cowboys him the, the Cowboys discovered.
1: The Cowboys discovered the injury. Yeah.
0: Well, they got it, you know, fixed. And I was hearing some whispers, Bobby. And I know you live in that same building that I do at times. Uh, that look for him to come back more sooner than later. They they, yeah. they they're thinking that they're thinking that he has progressed to the point where he will be uh, be on your fifty three sooner than later.
1: Yeah, yeah. We talked about this being a potential medical redshirt year. I think he might. be do so. this year. He's going to play. Yeah, he's gonna I, think, play. I, I think he's yeah. active this year. Uh, Next question here from one of our loyal listeners, Dean Julia. Uh, why did Brian – this is a question for you, Brian. Why did Brian play football when he was younger? And when he knew his playing career was over, what made him into scouting and not coaching?
0: I started off in coaching, actually. I really did. I, I uh, When I finished at LSU uh, my first year, uh, they asked me to stay on to finish my degree as a student assistant. And I, I was actually working with the offensive line uh, when I was at LSU. And then I saw that I, I really became interested in player personnel uh, when it came to recruiting, evaluations, things like that. And then I left LSU to go to Texas A&M, and that's where I got into recruiting, where I was assistant recruiting coordinator there in 1990s. And with Tim Cassidy and that crew at, at Texas A&M, R.C. Slocum, his first staff. So that's where the transition started for me. I went from offensive line, student assistant, finishing my degree guide to working in 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 recruiting when I was at Texas A&M. And then that Texas A&M job got me to work uh, with NFL Europe. And that's how I got into the Packers is because a guy I worked with at, in NFL Europe, uh, Said when you you're too good at this, we're gonna get you a job in the NFL. And I didn't think anything of it. And sure enough, uh, my boss at the time had a connection with Ron Wolf with the Packers, and that's how I got a job. My 27th birthday, I just it, it just it happened. But I, I changed up, uh, I changed up when I left LSU to go into personnel and recruiting in 1990, and that's that's how I got started.
1: Which, by the way, if you ever want to piss off a Texas A&M Aggie. If you ever want to get them mad, I do this bit all the time. I've got several Aggie friends. Just utter the words to them: "R.C. Slocum is a bum," and they yeah. they hate that. They they will they they will damn. We'll near fight trip. you. We'll fight you on that. They, one. they will, and so they. Uh, but it's my favorite line to troll the the Aggies with. I got to ask you a question from an evaluation standpoint. I know you've always said you you hate evaluating the quarterbacks. That yeah. that, that it's just a, it's a, it's a pain for you. Where, uh, where do you most like evaluating? What position do you most like evaluating?
0: Well, it's easy for me to look at offensive linemen because that's where I played, uh, and then, you know, and worked as that student assistant coach. I learned a great deal from a, a coach named Pete Manguri and, and, you know, he helped me along and you know, I just was, a I I loved offensive line play. I loved the technique. I loved the teamwork about it. I love the five guys working together, uh, yeah, the quarterback thing is actually – I feel like I'm getting a little bit better at that. Yeah, because you like Josh Allen. A lot of I people did. didn't. You did. I did. Mahomes <laughs> yeah. and Allen were two guys that, I mean, I, I was really, really happy. I'm interested to see uh, how – who the the commanders have because I was high on him as well. Uh, I, I think that Willis at the Titans is going to show up. That's another guy I think will be really, really good. But, yeah, quarterbacks, There's a, you could go through a run of bad ones – but then you start to see some traits and you're saying, okay, this fits, this fits, this fits. And then that helps you with your evaluation. So um, it's tough because there's things, uh, you know, Paxton Lynch was one that I really, really liked, but I didn't know this about Paxton Lynch that he was last in and first out. He didn't work. It came didn't work. And so when you're in our situation where you don't get to interview people and hear, you know, those kinds of things about a player, you know, that, that makes it tough on the evaluation. You're just looking at tape, is what we're doing right now, and trying to determine, you know, without knowing that the kid's work ethic is great or it really, really sucks.
1: Last question here from our extended mailbag question from Boss Tex. Well, first a comment, then a, a a question. His comment says The thought that Rush is better than Dak is absurd. If someone can't realize teams don't game plan for Rush, anyway. Uh, CD's routes were lackadaisical in week one. Did they improve in week two? Uh, yeah, I thought he. I thought he looked like he was running a little better. Uh, the, I thought the routes were a little tighter on, against the Bengals in week two.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, it's it depends on who you're playing. And th- this this weekend against the or Monday night against the Giants, you know, I think you're going to see him have a, a pretty darn good game. These yeah. Giants, the def- Giants defense, in if you believe in metrics and analytics and all that stuff this team gives up you know, like, uh, you know, when you uh, one out of 20, every four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 24% of the time they're going to give up a, a play of 20 or more yards. It's an absurd rate.
1: That is that a is very worse high than the league.
0: Yeah. It's worse than the league. And so, yeah, the, 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 if you talk to the giants folks, they'll tell you their, their corners are not really good right now. And that's, that's a big, big problem for them. So it's about access and routes and it's about finish and, Hopefully this weekend the Cowboys receivers will have some success that they can block up the front. The Giants don't have a great pass rush, but let's see. It looks like that Ojolari and, and Thibodeau both are going to play, but this is their first game action of the season. You know How long can they go? Uh, it's going to be about blocking those two, and if you block those two, then you got a really, really good shot because the Giants don't get much pressure as a, as a pass rush unit.
1: That does it for us here on uh, Love of the Star for this week. Uh, We will be back with you Monday morning previewing the Giants, get you our picks in, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, discussing a Cowboys win next week. Until then, we will talk to you guys later.